Welcome to the IoT Idols podcast. I'm Ryan Cousins, co-founder and CEO of Critical. We help bring bleeding-edge technology products to market through a combination of hardware and software modules and professional engineering services. We believe every innovator has a powerful collection of experiences and knowledge that can help inspire others in their field. If you have a story you'd like to share, stick around at the end of the show and we'll explain how you can be a guest on one of our upcoming episodes. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you could be the next IoT Idol. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another great episode of IoT Idols Innovators to Watch presented by Critical. Our guest today is Al Youngworth. He is the founder and CEO of VersaBuilt Robotics. You can find out more about Al and his company at versabuilt.com. Al, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and VersaBuilt Robotics? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I, I studied computer science in college. I was a software engineer for about uh, almost 15 years. And uh, in the late 90s, I uh, was involved in a startup, sold it, and uh, took some time to kind of reconsider what I wanted to do and ended up starting a, uh, a motorcycle clutch company, uh, which cool. was kind of a different thing for me. And uh, obviously, it was a manufacturing company, uh, CNC Manufacturing, and uh, grew that company, uh, but ultimately... As we grew, we were trying to become better operationally and recognized that uh, automating our CNC manufacturing process would, would pay some pretty big dividends. Uh, so we set out on a course to try and figure out how to do that. And, and the unique challenge for uh, that company, Recluse Motorsports, was it's a very high mix, low volume manufacturing facility. And automation has traditionally been for low mix high volume manufacturing. And uh, so we had a pretty interesting journey and, and along the way we made kind of a, a significant technical breakthrough and decided, wow, this is something that could really uh, be, you know, applicable to almost any type of high mix low volume manufacturing. Okay. Uh, for myself and some of our listeners, can you explain what CNC manufacturing is? Yeah. Yeah. Computer numeric control. Okay. It's basically a computer-controlled um, subtractive manufacturing machine. Uh, typically, uh, you, have, you have several different types, but the, the types that we focus on are CNC milling machines and CNC turning machines. A CNC milling machine holds the workpiece on a table, and then the table moves in X and Y axes, and then you have a cutting tool that comes down in, in, in Z, and it is programmed to uh, cut, cut metal out. And in a turning machine, the, the workpiece spins, and a cutting tool is, is brought against the workpiece. Okay. Very cool. So the, the recluse business uh, sparked an idea that created VersaBuilt? Yeah, yeah, it's it really in need. Uh, so uh, probably, you know, we started the company in 2002. Uh, you know, the first years were just kind of figuring it out and growing, adding products to expand the business. Uh, a lot of focus on market development, things like that. 
you know, hired some good people to that, that knew manufacturing well. I was very interested in it. I found it really fascinating. Um, and, and in the end, it's it's kind of it's programming. Um, you know, you have software that does the programming for you. But uh, I was very interested in it. And uh, as we as we matured as a company, uh, we we were pretty uh, early on. We were profitable. Uh, but what I saw was as we were growing, our profit margins were slipping every year. And I think it was about uh, maybe 2011 or 2012. Uh, and one year, our profit margin was less than the recycling revenue from the aluminum chip waste that we get from manufacturing these products. So we built this amazing company you know, with these amazing products. And uh, my my total profit was coming from the waste, and it right. you know that that wasn't really acceptable to me. You know, and we were not performing at, at a level of operational excellence that I thought we could. So, um, started with a book called The Goal. Highly recommend it to anyone that's in manufacturing. Um, I like to call it it's a it's a love story about manufacturing and how to do it better. And, uh, one of the main concepts that comes out of that book is called the theory of constraints. You know, what's your constraint to what you want to achieve? You know, in this case, it was both growth and and profitability. Uh, so that kind of led us to this this constraint of the operator labor that's loading and unloading the CNC machines, uh, and in our business had kind of a, a unique. Uh, requirement in that our consumer demand in our peak season for about three or four months was about double what the demand was in our lowest part of our season. And that meant that we had to ramp labor up to load these CNC machines, uh, a lot of training, a lot of costs, a lot of mistakes, and then ramp it back down uh, because we, we couldn't afford to carry that, that uh, labor cost um, in the slow, slow time of year. Uh, so that, those were kind of the main driving factors for it, uh, for us getting into automation. Okay. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges facing your industry today? And are you working on, uh, some innovation to improve that? So, uh, you know, we, we made kind of a major technical breakthrough in, back in uh, about 2014, um, that we okay. patented and we call it, we call it multi-grip and, if you look at the way that robots load and unload machines, um, historically, there's been two ways that, that robots load and unload machines. Either they are part picking robots, they, they have some form of a gripper that picks up a part, loads it to a machine, and then unloads it from the machine. And then uh, we have what are called uh, pallet loading robots, where an operator fixtures a part to a pallet, uh, secures it to it, and then the robot um, moves the pallet in and out of the machine. Uh, we developed a third type, and it's called multi-grip. And, and instead of a robot that picks up uh, a part or picks up a pallet, it picks up uh, what are called a set of uh, vice jaws. It's, it's what holds the part in the CNC machine. And so, so uh, those multi-grip jaws are able to pick up the part and then put it in the machine. And this has a lot of advantages for really for high-mix manufacturing. Um, has a couple very minor disadvantages, but uh, mostly with re respect to the total payload that the robot has to accept. Uh, but it, it brings really big advantages uh, and really, uh, in many cases, enables automation in a high mix environment where it would nor normally be viable 
because of the amount of time, energy, cost it takes to introduce a part to automation, as well as change over a part from, from making one part to another part. Right. So that's where, that's where most of our focus has been over the last seven years. Uh, as we, you know, now, as we continue to expand um, our, our product offering and what it does, we are starting to address some of the other issues that, that you have as a, as a company that's trying to automate your, your production, you know, where, where if you have an operator standing in front of the machine and he's observing what that machine does, um, he is able to uh, see something or hear something and, and intervene. When we bring automation in place, operators aren't as connected to that that CNC process, right. and so that's where we're starting to uh, to do some additional work to help um, manufacturing facilities that adopt uh, CNC automation in a high mix environment manage that process better. Uh, and, and that's that that's a, some training. Uh, you never over, overlook the, the value of training, just our experience of having done this for seven or eight years. And it's also some software uh, helping uh, companies uh, better schedule the, these maintenance activities, make sure that, that they understand when an operator needs to intervene to make sure that that, that production process uh, uh, stays in specification. Okay. And can you go into a little further detail, explain um, most of the clients you typically deal with? Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe it, it might be helpful to start with the kind of clients we don't deal with. So sure. we we don't do generally we don't do automotive. Uh, automotive right. is high mix, or excuse me, it's low mix or no mix and high volume. You know, when you're making, let's say, a steering knuckle for a you know a Jeep Cherokee, uh, and it's a contract that you've been awarded. You're going to get get it, you know, seven years. Um, you're going to make uh, sixty thousand parts per month or something, and you know you're going to have this long period of time. Where you're going to make this part. You can afford to invest a lot in the optimization of that process. Right. Um, and that's where you see traditional uh, automation, where you know a team of automation engineers comes in, understands the specifications, uh, develops a fully custom system. Uh, that makes those parts as efficiently and as a, at a lowest cost as possible. We're at the opposite end of that spectrum. So think of uh, aerospace. Sure. You know, a, a 777 has hundreds of thousands of, of parts in it, hundreds of thousands of machine parts. So when someone's making aerospace parts, they're making in, in maybe in batches of 20 parts or 30 parts, not, not a million parts. Right. So the type of customer that, that we are pursuing is aerospace, medical, uh, power sports, firearms, industrial. Um, and it can be um, either job shops. So uh, CNC manufacturers that do nothing but contract manufacture, contract manufacturing are called job shops, okay. uh, as well as what's called captive manufacturing. When you have a company like Recluse Motorsports, my former company, that designed their own products and then, and then produces those products. Excellent. Uh, what is your process for innovation? You guys have... Uh, mastermind meeting? Uh, is a whole company involved? How does that typically work? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, innovation, I, 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 I'm a very, uh, I think, is core to what, what we do 
um, and what's made uh, my company successful usually starts with a problem. Uh, we, every quarter, uh, the team meets and and we talk about what, what problems either that we need to solve internally or uh, customer problems that have come to us that uh, they said, hey, like what you guys do, but you know, I need help with something that does this. And generally that will, will result in uh, meeting uh, the, the core engineering teams that are responsible for the various areas. It may be software, it may be mechanical design. Um, and then we have a series of meetings, throwing ideas up on the, up on the wall, uh, trying to understand what our, you know, what we're trying to achieve, the, the possible ways to achieve it. We usually try and come out of, out of a meeting like that with at least, uh, two or three top picks for, uh, how to solve the problem. Um, then we try and fail quickly, uh, rapid prototyping, um, uh, testing, uh, observation. A lot, a lot of times, all that will be done in solid modeling. We, we recently introduced a uh, our own vice. Uh, that the, that's a device that holds parts in the CNC machine. Uh, I, I believe the total number of prototypes that were done in software in in CAD was something like sixteen or seventeen. Uh, I think something like a half a dozen, uh, you know, going to metal, testing, observing what worked, what didn't work, um, and then refining. A uh, lot of testing, a um, lot, of, lot of prototyping, uh, making sure that, that we're able to achieve it, what we set out to achieve in, in that initial design objective meeting. Awesome. Uh, what problems, I'm assuming your company's had some issues in the last 12 months. Uh, have you been able to pivot around those and yeah. deal with that. So we actually started a pivot in the company uh, three years ago. Uh, we we had come out with a product based upon an industrial robot system. And, uh, you know, the, the initial customers were close and uh, we, we sold, well, we, we made uh, about half a dozen of these machines for recluse, my, my former company. Uh, then started selling them to other local CNC machine shops that had heard what we, we, we had done. And then we started growing it outside of the Idaho area. And uh, we found it was a very difficult business to scale. Uh, the industrial robot uh, market, the service and support around it is really designed around a kind of a, a regional uh, robot integrator model where the the customer and the and the the company that's uh, that's delivering that product to the customers is relatively close to one another. Um, and what we found in, in growing that company was when there was a problem with the robot out in the field, uh, the robot manufacturer came out and fixed it and then left a system that then required us to go put it back together. Uh, it made it very difficult to scale the business. So about three years ago, we decided to move towards a model where uh, we could separate ourselves from that, that robot integration. Um, so we licensed that product, started developing new products uh, based on uh, collaborative robot technology, which is a, a lot easier for a customer to, to manage on their own. And we introduced that product uh, kind of right in the middle of COVID. Uh, so it has been a big challenge for us. I and mean, I would say that the biggest challenge is that we're used to getting sales leads from going to trade shows, um, 
going to, uh, we sell a lot of these products through CNC uh, dealerships and, you know, going and setting up demo days, things like that. So our shift has been really, you know, over the last quarter is uh, developing uh new website, you know, lead generation. Uh, we, we've, we just actually uh, d- uh, recorded our first podcast yesterday. Excellent. Um, we're going to do on our, on our own. Uh, we're going to start to do some webinars. We're recognizing that training um, is really a big deal. And historically, we've done that as part of the sales and installation process. And now we're selling a product that really most of our customers are installing themselves. And so we, we miss that interaction where we, we used to go out and for three days, we'd be installing a system and do all the training over the course of that three days. Now we're doing that, you know, online through uh, Zoom and, and, and webinars. And, and, and I'd say taking that instead of just doing training that's targeted at a customer that's already bought the system, what we're starting to move towards is training for decision makers. Uh, right. I had to go through this transformation that, that, you know, recognizing where the costs in my uh, production environment were and many of the long held assumptions um, about CNC manufacturing really uh, don't hold true anymore. You know, it used to be that a CNC machine in, in 1985 cost uh, $200,000 and the guy loading it was $3 an hour or $4 an hour. Now we've got CNC machines that are sixty or seventy thousand dollars, and the guy loading that machine is is fully loaded. It's twenty two, twenty three, twenty four dollars an hour. Sure. So uh, really, it, it 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 what it means is a shift in in how you're manufacturing, uh, how you approach your manufacturing. You know, uh, you should be looking to optimize your your most expensive asset, and your most expensive asset is really not that machine. It's the person that's loading it, managing that that asset. Sure. And that's what we're trying to do is make those pe- give those people better tools to to do their job. Excellent. Uh, the show is IoT Idols Innovators to Watch. You're an innovator and an inventor. Uh, so we certainly appreciate all the technology you've brought to this world. Uh, where do you see your industry headed? Uh, I, I think... What you're going to see in CNC manufacturing over the next 10 years, uh, you know, if you, if you go back, CNC, computer numeric, numeric control, uh, came about in the late 70s and the early 80s. And, and it came from machines that were controlled by people turning cranks to computer-controlled machines. And I wasn't around in that time, but I have talked to some of the old-timers and it took it took quite a while to, for for the industry to make that transformation. It, the CNC manufacturing is heavy asset based. When you buy an asset that you know a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, you know you want to keep that asset going for 10, 15 years. Um, sure. So it's it's an industry that moves kind of slowly. But you know, over the last course of the last seven years, I've seen a lot of change. Lot, lot more acceptance that that hey, this is something I need to do, and it's the same type of thing that took place back in the the late seventies and early eighties, and, and and machine shops recognizing I can't do it the old any way anymore. If I want to compete, I've got to adopt this new technology, and so I see a, a continued uh, push 
towards automation and CNC manufacturing and further and further and down that kind of ladder of higher mix and lower volume. And really what I think it, it, it's, it, it's what's going to trigger that more than anything is companies adopting a culture of automation. Today, most companies look at, I got a new part I need to add to the system. Um, all right, machinists, you know, go figure it out, make it work in the CNC machine and have the operators load it. Um, my automation strategy is, ooh, I've got this very high volume part. I think I can automate that. And I've got maybe these other three parts that are, are pretty high volume. I think I can automate that. And, and what, what we want to teach the world is change your, change your view there. Uh, if you look at the tools that are available for automation right now, it's, it's not really any harder to, to automate parts uh, than it is to just add them to your existing CNC manufacturing process. Right. If you use the best in class tools, you have really no penalty automation. So don't, don't approach it from what few parts can I automate? Uh, take a, take a, the opposite view, you know, uh, by default, automate everything. And if there are some parts that don't make sense, well, don't let that stop you. Um, it, it's, it's really kind of a 90, 10 rule. Um, for most of the customers that we work with, there's, it's really about 90% of the parts that they can automate, maybe 10% that really don't fit that still need to be loaded by, by operators. Yeah, that's some great points. Uh, embrace the technology and look, look to where it can, uh, the automation can replace labor, whatever it may be, and free up some time to, yeah. to go do something. And, and I want to touch on that point really briefly because I think it sure. can be it can be a detractor to, to the industry. Um, a lot of people say, hey, it's, it's, it's replacing people. And um, I, I disagree. It's a tool. It's a tool that improves the productivity of people. It's, it's a better shovel, right? You know, shovel <laughs> make people more productive. Um, automation makes people more productive. And, and, um, and, and really, I think also if you look at the, the people that are in the business operating um, these CNC machines, when they adopt automation, their job gets quite a bit better because they are able to be more successful in their job uh, with uh, less stress. Right. Excellent. The company is VersaBuilt Robotics. Uh, Al, was there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap up today? Uh yeah, I, th I appreciate uh, you, you having me on the show. Um, I, I'm, I'm someone that's super excited about manufacturing and innovation, and uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of it coming down down the, the line. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more robotics and automation system taking over some of those dull, dangerous tasks. And at the intersection there, I think we're also going to see uh, a lot of software coming into play um, to help people manage that, that automation. Um, so, and, and we hope to be right at the forefront of both of those things. So. Excellent. Well, it seems like amazing technology and uh, we thank you for inventing it. Uh, can you let our listeners know where they can find out more about yourself and VersaBuilt Robotics? Yeah. So uh, head to our website, uh, versabuilt.com. That's V as in Victor, E-R-S-A-B as in Bravo, U-I-L-T.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, uh, lots of videos of uh, what our equipment does, um, how our how our technology works, and how it's different than other technology. Um, and don't hesitate to to reach out to me via email um, or, or our sales staff. So I'm Al Y at VersaBuilt.com, or you can reach uh, sales at VersaBuilt.com. 
yeah, definitely check the YouTube channel. Uh, some really cool videos on there. Um, Al, we appreciate you very much being our guest today. Uh, it was a great time speaking with you. Uh, again, it's Al Youngworth at VersaBuilt Robotics. That's VersaBuilt.com. Al, thanks for being a guest today. And thanks. to all our listeners out there, we'll catch you on the next episode of IoT Idols, Innovators to Watch. Hey, this is Critical CEO Ryan Cousins again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the IoT Idols podcast. If you're an accomplished engineer, inventor, product manager, or technology entrepreneur, and would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please go to critical.com slash podcast slash apply. That's K-R-T-K-L dot com slash podcast slash apply. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or share it on social media and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone you'd like to have us interview, let them know about the show or tag them on social media using the hashtag IoT Idols. We're always looking for great guests eager to share their stories with our audience. We're regularly posting new episodes, so make sure you subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media, and join our mailing list at critical.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be excellent.